Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Vampire Movie Minute Podcast. Podcast dedicated to all the any and all vampire movies not being covered by other movie by minute podcasts such as Fright Night and one of the Dracula movies. I am your host, Dr. Chris, and Scott is taking care of some family emergency stuff, so he's not going to be able to join me for the next two episodes. But on the show with us now is an author, podcaster, who, if you ever listen to the little show I do called Radio Horror, which has been on for 15 years, I've had her partner on my show to talk about her books, but now Kelly Florence is on the show with us to talk about her books and contribution to that podcast that Meg did. Thank you for coming on the show with us, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me. For anyone not familiar with your body of work and your awesome podcasts, such as The Science of Agatha Christie, which sounds really awesome, and The Science of Witchcraft, The Science of Monsters, are you a doctor? I'm not. I'm, uh, I am a professor, though. I teach uh, at a college in Duluth, Minnesota, and I have always loved horror and always been fascinated by the true things that horror is based on. And so researching science, psychology, history, culture, lore, all of that just came naturally into research. And then Meg and I decided we should write a book about this. And now we're working on our sixth book in the series. So you're what we call here in Massachusetts, wicked smart. Uh, thank you. I love that wicked. I love that. Wicked accent. smart. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you are, wicked smart. That's how we say it in Massachusetts when we drink our soda. Yes. We drink, well, we drink pop out here, you know, in oh. Minnesota. Minnesota. And uh, everybody always imitates the Fargo accent. And I probably sound like that right now. I don't, I don't realize it. But we are coming to Massachusetts for our book tour. You sound completely in... like a normal person, so don't oh, worry. Well, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm gonna, we're going to hear a lot of the accent in, uh, in October because we'll be there for the science of witchcraft, which will be perfect. But you're not a doctor. You're a professor, which is interesting because yeah. you wrote all these science books. And when you think about like a science book being written like this, you think like a doctor wrote it. And is Meg a doctor, that, if I'm not aware? No, no, nope, uh, neither of us are, are doctors, but we just both um, both love love research, and then we interview experts like doctors, or um, we interview psychologists or filmmakers or actors, and the people involved in the movies or the the history behind them, and then we get we get that expert opinion and and learn about it um, through our books. Someone has said to me more than once, "You know all this stuff. Why don't you write a book about yada yada yada?" And after reading, like, The Science of, of Women in Horror, which is one of the um, – I didn't know there was a Science of Stephen King one, and I, I, yeah. I uh, just, by the way, bought one on, on Amazon. Um, awesome. So The Science of Women in Horror, um, and that's only because it's not in my local bookstores. I'm a big supporter of local bookstores, but defaulto, the devil, got to go to. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, support your local bookstores, people, before you go to Amazon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> ask them to order it, too. Um Right. The Science of Women in Horror was the the book that I was familiar with the both of you on that I absolutely loved and adored, and that talks a lot about special effects stunts and true stories behind your uh, the you know your favorite uh, fright tales as the book cover says. Um, <coughs> excuse me, I can't write a book like that at all in, in any context. I think it, I'd get three four paragraphs in and get bored trying to oh. write write it myself. Reading it, different story. Yeah. Writing it. You can swear on this podcast, by the way. Fuck no. I do write books about you telling me – let's say you made a movie. Or if I wanted to write a biography – let's say you became super-duper rich and famous. And I want to do a biography about, like, you girls and, like, how you got your whole, like, thing started or whatever. And you had a lot to say. I would write that story because that's what I'm doing right now with um, a book called The New England Horror Filmmakers. It's about filmmakers in New England who made their horror movies. Oh, cool. Yeah, and that's getting published soon. 
and a, a, my next book is going to be called The New England Comic Book Store Owners, about comic book store owners and how they started their stores and where their stores came from. Very cool. And the business part of it. You know, like I yeah. asked the questions like, how did you deal with like the, you know, the big insurgents of pride books all of a sudden? You know, did you, were you resistant? Were you always like LGBT friendly? Or was it like, this is a fad or this is not going to sell because sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. And to be honest with you, they unfortunately they don't sell as much as people think they do. Statistics, numbers, and diamonds kind of prove that. But, you know, what are certain fads that you gravitate to that didn't sell and things like that? You know, the business aspect of it, because I'm not a business journalist person, but yeah. I want to hear it from the owners or whatever about, like, what works and what doesn't work. You know what I mean? And what mistakes right. did you make? What did you, did you have to fire somebody? Can you talk about a story like that? I want to hear something personal, you know? And one person... The only – and I, I cannot believe this, but I, I got to believe this. Comic book stores are a male-dominated market. There's one female comic book store owner in New England. Oh, my goodness. And I was shocked. I was like, there's only one? Wow. Really? But then she's like, think about it. It's a, it's, it's, it's a heavy male, you know, as much as there, – there are very few women who want to open a comic book store. There are more women who want to be creators in comics. Then right. open a store. And I'm like, okay, you're 100% correct on this. And she's like, I did not go into my life thinking I was going to open a comic book store. The original owner dropped dead of a heart attack in front of me. Oh. And I was like, wow, it's a Batman story right there. Yes. Well, I'm excited to read this. This sounds really fascinating. Oh, thank you. It will be out in like 2023. And the next, uh, okay. the other book will be out um, hopefully this year. i got to get the photos over to the publisher. People like Skip Shea will be in it, if you know Very what that cool. is. Yep. The science of Stephen King fascinates me. Does that go into like deep lore about who Stephen King is in his books? Yeah, in the movies too. That's the one I just ordered. I want to read. Yeah, great. Chronologically, and so it's a bit biography. You know what was happening in his life at the time, what inspired the story, and then the science behind um, each of the short stories or novels. And the fascinating thing was, you can see exactly what was happening in his life at the time, whether he was struggling through. Um, addiction, alcoholism, or after his car accident, how that informed what he was writing about, and as he got older, how his marriage um, affected some of the, you know the characters and um, strong marriages, and it was it was absolutely fascinating to be able to do all of the research for that and um, learn more about the king himself. There isn't much need, and I think the last one was published in two thousand five or three. There was a book that came out called Creep Show, and it's a really great guide to every book turned into a movie of Stephen King's. Oh, and yeah. It needs an update, especially like and I think I mean obviously there's going to always there'll be adaptations, but I'm like this should get this should come out after Salem's Lot comes out later this year. If Salem's Lot is still coming out later this year. There's still no trailer yet, but right. the bookstores if you go to Amazon and Barnes and Noble right now, they have new copies of Salem's Lot with the guys on the hillside looking out at the Marsden House cover. Yes. Which yes, is the poster. So I what okay d- d- where's our trailer guys <laughs> exactly yeah and I know a lot of people have said oh why didn't you include this book or this story and you know we have said that Stephen King is so prolific there's enough for maybe two more volumes of Stephen the science of Stephen King part two and three because there's so many stories and he's always writing there's always something new coming out right and uh you can also do something about his son too look how big his yeah. stuff has gotten I mean the the black phone in theaters now yeah yeah it was, it was incredible yep had you ever seen and some people have never have. Our last guest uh, who came on the show with us had never in his entire life outside of Voltron or maybe Pokemon had never seen an anime movie before. 
No, I have, okay. um, but I'm not as well versed in anime as I am in other genres. And so that's this totally was a fine. treat for me. What was your first anime exposure for you? Oh, you know, I can't remember um, what exactly I saw. I mean, probably something on the Sci-Fi Channel. But, you know, back when I was younger. Oh, back when they used to show good movies? Right, yeah. <laughs> and so, um, yeah. The <laughs> Hence my disgust to... with the breathing. <laughs> yeah. Days before, Sippy! I, you know, Google something and, and find out what it was. Oh, before they hired some moron who never worked in science fiction geeky television or anything like that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'm not, you know, I'm not exactly sure, but uh, that's why I was really excited to, this is sort of like, I feel like this is a good gateway for people to get into anime. Yeah, totally. Um, it's not, there's violence in it and there's definitely some gore, but not like the way you think later on, like Akira. Akira has a massive amount of gore. You know, the sexual violence in it is there, but not as bad as it could be in some anime. You know what I mean? Right, you right. watch original Voltron, Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. It is violent as all hell. And the princess is nude just because the princess needs to be nude. Right. They don't yeah. point it out. It's not, you know, grotesque. Kind of like a show I'm watching right now called Toko, which is about a kid who graduates from the police academy and then finds out, oh, there's a secret police force that deals with the supernatural crap called Toko. And okay. their whole thing is like, okay, so regular police force, jackets, uniforms, you know, military cut hairs, like the way police officers and women would be, right? Yeah. Sister a little obsessed with getting him laid little creepy, but whatever, it's anime. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the Toko police are all look like biker gang who doesn't know how the zipper works. Vampire Hunter D, I think, in a lot of ways. You have your Gaston, who's a jackass, but at the same time, it's not, like, ridiculously overly sexualized with the character Doris. Right. You know, and we talked about this in the previous episode about, like, how when what's what's um, Henry Cavill's character's name on The Witcher? Gandalf? Galdolf? I can't remember. Right. Yeah. He just uh, strolls into town, no, oh, yeah. and women are just like, "I want to bury your children." Yeah. You know, because you look like the way you do. You know, and it's the same right. thing with D. And Doris has this thing, and he's just like immediately doesn't even pay attention to like, "You can sleep with me if you want to," and it's just like, "No, let's let's take a look at your neck." I didn't even yeah. know, I didn't even I didn't even hear you, woman. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> totally dismisses it, yeah. Which is like, as the hero should, until she's just like, later on in the movie, if you saw the whole thing, she's just like, you can if you want to, it's totally okay. <laughs> and you're like, and he's like, ah! Oh. Get away from me! <laughs> uh, why is that character trope written in there back then? Is it still happening today, with the exception of The Witcher, which clearly is? I mean, I think so. I think that there's... There's something about that tall, dark, mysterious man who seems emotionless, but, you know, you think you can change him. The, the hero thinks that you can change him. I don't know what it is. I, People I, love it. I've heard that from friends and girlfriends that I've dated that have said, <laughs> oh, he was bad, but I thought I could make him better. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, does that ever work out? Because I know that I doesn't work out so. for me. I've dated women who've had problems and i was not able to fix them right <laughs> later on they came back to me and been like hey you know what i understand why we fought and you said what you said and now things are better but that yeah. was their own quest to kind of find yes yeah um so we open up our movie uh where we're starting with this podcast for minutes 15 to 20 with uh the uh the council of this this, this honestly is so relevant to what just happened in congress i think Oh, yeah. This is as relevant as you could possibly get. 
a bunch of old white guys being like determined the fate of a woman. Yeah, and you know what happened to her was was sort of akin, it's akin to rape because she didn't ask to be bit, and then now they're going to punish her for it, or they want to lock her up. You know. Yes, and and uh, again, you roll these science books. And I don't remember if you talked about this in The Science of Monsters. is the one I haven't read. Um, but uh, in The Science of Women, I don't remember a lot of vampire topics. Rape is bad, but in vampires, we fantasize as it romantically. We want that. You watch Dracula with Gary Oldman and what he's doing with Lucy. Yeah. I know a lot of women who are like, wow, I wish that was me. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, we didn't. Um, like you said in the in the science of women horror, we talked the only vampire uh, uh, movie that we talked about was a girl walks home alone at night. And <gasps> love that I, movie. Yeah, what I love about God, I love that movie. It, <laughs> it flips it on its head because you think, oh, she's not safe, but really she's the predator and she's you know exacting revenge on all these bad guys. And so I think um, you know we we have talked about though how vampires tend to be the sexiest quote unquote monster because there is that fantasy of like uh, there's going to be this perfect uh, quote-unquote again stranger that's going to come in uh sweep me up <coughs> and you know you sort of give yourself to them and and then there's that chance of becoming immortal and being beautiful forever i think that must appeal to people too that has to be it you can't deny that yes we need to die at some point but the idea of looking like key uh da uh, uh, keeper sutherland Always, as he says in the Lost Boys, yep. is not appealing to people itself. Especially if you're dying of cancer, if you're feeling like your wrinkles are finally setting in, you're not yeah. getting as musk. You're not looking like Henry Cavill or Chris Helmsworth. To for me, I, I, I don't know who you would ever look at and be like, God damn it, Natalie Portman. You know, like the way yeah. she looks now is Thor. She's jacked up and beautiful. You know what I mean? Right. But I, um. There's no denying that you can't say there's not a part of you that just wishes, like, things look like the way they used to if you had a better idea. And that the vampires or whatever, that's the seduction of it all. And yeah. to just allow this person to infect you with something, you know, which is, again, like, you know, it's an un, it's a non-consensual infection. But right. it gives you everlasting glory. Yeah. The exception yeah. you have to take a life every five minutes. Right. <laughs> And this is obviously heavily talked about, like, in Anne Rice's books, to nausea, you know. Right. And I hope they do it justice in that upcoming television show, which has been in development hell for many, 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 many years. Yes. Uh, but in this, this whole scene playing out with the white guys and her is just – the when I first saw the movie, I was like, oh, that's unfair. Now I'm just like, ah. Yeah. Now I get what everyone says on Twitter. Yes, and and you know, and <laughs> all my female friends are right. Better stop that. Yeah. And I love, I love the line. And I don't know, um, you know, in the translation and uh, closed captioning if it's the same. But in in the the original that I watched, it was, how do we know, you know, that that, that you know he'll follow through with this? And she's like, if he fails, I'll kill myself. <laughs> it's just like, okay, that's so dramatic, and I love it. It's like, yeah, I would rather die than then deal with this with you. Right. And then not only that, do you going to become a vampire, but uh, you also have to become my bride. Yeah, like what? Well, Wait, I have to marry you. You infected me. What? Also, why are vampires the size of Chrysler buildings in this movie? I know. It, I was like, the first time I saw the opening sequence when uh, the count came on, like, wait, what? Is that, a, is that a mountain? Oh no, that's him. Yeah. Just incredibly weird. Um, 
Oh, where's my notes? Here we go. Oh, the internment camps. Ew. Also, wow. Japan internment camps. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't do it and we did, but still, geez. Right. And it's, um, yeah, they don't pull any punches there. And they were saying, you know, that was 50 years ago. And and the doctor's like, there was, this wasn't, that wasn't even fit for humans then. And it, I just, yeah, it's all very shocking. 50 years ago? Who the hell is going to remember from 50 years ago? I know. I, I was like, how old are all these people? But <laughs> They can't be any more than like in their 50s or 60s. But maybe since it's set in the future, maybe everybody's living longer. I don't know. Right. And did you see what the date was at the beginning of the movie? 10,000, 12,000 yeah. A.D.? Yep. yep. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. We're only in the what, year 2022 A.D.? Yeah. Technically? <laughs> that, do we even still use A.D. anymore? No, I think it's CE, current era or common era. And I only know because I have to write it a lot in our, in our research in our books. 31 people died because the count got pissed because of some girl. I mean, to be honest, though, I'm going to play devil's advocate here and you can call me out on it. I'm totally fine. Sure. You're a thousand times more intelligent than, than me, so I would definitely <laughs> love you to, to call me out on this. you got to give it to the count for, like... You know, despite him being the bad guy and all everything we just discussed about him, he's taking responsibility for what he claims to own. And I hate using that word that women are property, but you get in the context of what the count's doing to these people. He's taking responsibility by, you know, oh, this woman died and you put her in an internment camp. Yeah, Yeah. I turned her into a vampire, but how effing dare you? You're dead. Right. (laughs) And I have to. That's the romantic part of the vampire being, like, responsible for their charges after they have done this thing to them. Well, that's true. And I feel that's okay. <laughs> yeah. And also, I mean, I, I she was, uh, they said she died of, you know, sadness and grief in there. What Did she want to be a vampire? Like, that was her choice. Maybe she did want to go be with the Count. I don't know. And did you, okay, so, oh, as you saw in my emails, there are 39 books Based on this series, by the way. The next movie is the third book. And in that, the bounty hunters are hired by the rich estate white father to go rescue his daughter from the sexy and beautiful as all hell vampire, by the way. And Dee is hired as well. To go rescue this girl. And she doesn't want to be rescued. She's all into this lifestyle. This guy came to her. With her permission. Yes. Creeping in the doorway, in the hallways, and and the windows like... Edward Cullen did, sure. But she's, like, all into the romance of this. She's like uh, Paris Hilton, and she's like, this lifestyle sucks. You are hot and sexy and live in a castle and would love me and cherish me until the end of days and make me one of your own when it's time, when I allow you to. Let's go do that. And she's not been turned yet, by the way. She's just, like, the princess who's fallen in love with a guy because he's rich and powerful, and he's like... I have my boundaries. When you're ready, we'll go. When you're ready to become a vampire, I will turn you. And the father has hired all these bounty hunters, Andy, to get her back. (laughs) And guess who the victim of the whole story ends up being? Her, because she gets killed in crossfire. Of course. (laughs) And Dee's the only one who's like, oh, you want to be with him. Okay, that's a big problem, but all right, sure, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's this touching moment at the end of the movie where time has passed and the one remaining hunter has passed away. And this little girl comes running over and says, like, did you know my grandmother? And he's like, a long time ago. 
okay, bye, and then goes back to the funeral. And you're like, oh, my God, I didn't realize that time jump happened. That's so adorable. The little girl came Aww. over, and he's like, I did a long time ago. And then he Aww. walks away. He, he just came to the funeral to pay his respects because she was a wow. she was a good hunter. She was a good woman. You know, She even got the whole idea of like, oh, you want to bang the vampire and live happily ever after. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so great sequel. Wish they would make more. Um, so details Dan to be brave and it's okay to cry. Also, yeah. well written, and it's okay for guys to cry. Yeah, I I know I love that, and um, he's saying just you know, but encourage your sister and and lift her up, and I love I love that brother sister relationship, and I love Dee's advice. It was very um, earnest and endearing. Yeah, I've been told I hate crying in front of people, and I will fight back every possible tear, um, and um. I think I was brought up in a way to believe that guys crying is not okay. You know what I mean? Right. So D telling Dan it's okay to do it, but like you got to be strong for your sister is the perfect way to do it. Yeah. Like I want more movies with this character written this way. Yes. D no, is the her. best anime character out there. He is yeah. so respectful and so nice, you know, and he's a vampire himself. He's a damn peel. And it just and he's just beautifully drawn and everything. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at some of the the art and it's just gorgeous and like he's so mysterious and like every single aspect of his um, of his dress is just amazing. It's perfect. And the artist who did a lot of the book artwork also worked on the Final Fantasy video games uh, cover art. Okay. Uh, are you a gamer? Yes. Oh, cool. What do you play? Um, currently not much because my kids have hogged uh, everything because they're home for the summer. <laughs> oh, okay. How many kids but do you have? But I'm going to be playing The Quarry soon, the new horror video game. Oh, cool. She goes to the drugs, the, the local whatever. Again, um, it's so funny. We have mechanical horses, but everything's like Puritan times with like the grocery right. store. <laughs> whatever. Um, and she's like, oh, I need all this stuff. And he's like, we don't have any of that. But it's right here. Why doesn't she just take it and shop like a normal person? I, I don't oh, get that. I also, I know. But also it's like a good it's a good thing. It's like um showing how they're they're basically racist against vampires because it's like, well, you know, you're gonna become one or your friend to one or whatever. So right. they mean to her and it's that was a nice little And here's um, the uncomfortable analogy. question. Is it okay to be a racist against a monster that you know could pretty much rip your throat out and be a murderer, even though it's not their choice? Yeah, well, I don't know. There can be good vampires, so maybe you shouldn't be. <laughs> no, you're right, Angel. <laughs> you know, unless he has sex. Well, yeah. sorry, that's not true, because Angel has sex on Angel. Yeah. And doesn't turn into Angelus. He has sex with that, that werewolf chick. And everyone's yeah, like, did he not love her? I guess they were just like F-buddies? Friends I with guess. benefits? <laughs> yeah. Sure. They didn't love Darla when he had sex with her. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that hurt her. Right. Um, D takes um, a rest and starts talking to what looks like the sword, right? He pulls right. the sword out. And when I'm a kid watching this, I was 15 years old when I first saw this movie. It was one of the, ooh, you got to watch this movie, but just don't tell anybody. Um, it's got nudity in it. Yeah. He pulls the sword out. Don't you think he's talking to the sword? Yeah, and I thought at first maybe it was like one of his ancestors talking to him, like just, you know, in his mind. And, and, that, and then when I rewatched it, I'm like, oh, yeah, and this it does look like he's talking to the sword. Of course, when he reveals his left hand um, 
in a in a few minutes. Hand. Um, it was like holy crap. Yeah, and it, by the way, its its name is just hand. Yeah. It's a parasite that lives in his hand. Yeah, I I love it. Now, do you know what famous actor who just passed away plays him in the uh, sequel? No. Ed Asner. Oh, are you serious? Yep. Oh wow. Yep. 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 Good old Ed Asner, uh, voice of the old man from Up. And, uh, I have to. I have to watch this now. Granny goodness from Justice League. Uh, one of Dark Side's little minions, and of course Santa Claus, and a thousand other things. I'm just talking about the more modern day stuff. Right. But yeah, that's so weird. What is Doris wearing this whole movie? Because it's ridiculous. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's like, did she lose half the shirt when she was running through the weeds before the vampire showed up? It's. Do you ever see? 80s movies where women are wearing what looks like just a shirt with a belt around it, and you're like, that's a dress? Yeah, it's like, wait, what? Yeah, I, it's, I, uh, it almost looks like she's going to play tennis, but even tennis outfits have more coverage. I have. What was the movie where Charlie Sheen plays like the crow, but he's on a, mo- he's on a badass car in a black leather outfit the whole movie? Oh, I, I don't know. The Wraith. You ever seen oh, that? No, I It's the precursor to the crow. It's the same story. Guy and oh. girl get killed. Uh, he comes back a year later to get revenge on the whole gang who did it. And he drives, like, a badass black car that they made up for the movie. doesn't actually exist. And he wears, like, full head, black head-to-toe in, a, like, biker gear. Okay. Yeah. And, um, oh, the girl, sorry, the girl doesn't die. The girl actually lives on ends up being taken as the girlfriend of the biker gang that killed her boyfriend. In the movie, she wears what looks like just a blue shirt with, like, a belt around it. And the director points it out, being like, I don't even know what she's wearing in this scene. <laughs> And I was just like, it's like Doris from Vampire Hunter D. Yes. <laughs> but check out The Wraith. It's really good. Yeah. Charlie okay. Sheen's not in it a lot. It's 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 like, if you like The Crow, you would like this, because a lot of people compare the two. And they're like, they, The Crow ripped this off. Okay. Yeah, I'll get to check it out. Her where, her father was a werewolf hunter. Does that mean mom was too? I know. I I don't know. I, I thought that that was interesting. And um, also how her father wouldn't talk about... Um, vampires. He said, "Ask a vampire hunter about that." So, why? I wonder why. Because Dad didn't know squat about vampires. Well, that's. True. <laughs> and that's how our five minutes ends with um, explanation. The you know, if you you want to know about vampires, ask a vampire hunter. Yeah. And that's how we end our five minutes um, here on the Vampire Movie Minute podcast. Kelly, where can people find you? HorrorRewind.com. Horror Rewind is our podcast. Otherwise, find me anywhere. I'm Kelly Florence. And you can also find me and Scott on the Vampire Movie Minute on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, don't forget about the rest of our uh, podcast here on the Radio Horror Network. And you can also send us an email. If you have any questions or comments about the five minutes we discussed, maybe there was something we didn't go over correctly or mispronounced, just don't forget, we are watching this in English, and we went over the cast list in the last few episodes. So, uh, yeah. Uh, we're, we're, we're really going to be covering a lot of the English stuff of this movie because neither Scott and I speak Japanese. Um, we would love to have somebody from Japan who's an anime fan who does speak English come on the show with us to talk about the movie and maybe help with any of the corrections or pronunciations or maybe as a hardcore fan of the book to compare the two. As far as I'm aware, they're both pretty similar. They did a very good job with this movie. Um, as well as the seven mangas that were put out, the eight mangas that were put out based on the first eight books. And don't forget, uh, in August, uh, your local bookstores, Omnibus Volume 2 will be coming out collecting Vampire Hunter D Volumes 4, 5, and 6 of the novellas. So, the novels, excuse me. So, you can get the novels that are out. Volume 1 is right out right now, collecting 1, 2, and 3. And then Volume Omnibus Volume 2 will be out soon. 
um, and that will be collecting the 25 or more volumes that Dark Horse Manga put out. And we'll be back in another couple of weeks with another exciting episode of the Vampire Movie Minute podcast covering Vampire Hunter D.